good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how you doing today? Well, pretty good outside of the, the, the cold <laughs> that I've been fighting for two months. You're still sick. I am. It's just It just won't go away. Listen, I said this to you yesterday. I'm going to say it again today. Stop. Stop being sick. I would like to, Kyle. Just tell me how. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know this has been hanging on. I, yeah. I hope that you're able to fight well, through it. You, get over the, it. You're in the office next to me. You can hear me hacking and coughing. I know. Dang it. Poor I am guy. sorry. So, Jeff, I have a question for you. Okay. Why do you work out? Why do you exercise? Because it makes me feel better. Okay. So, so if you were to extrapolate that to the general population... Why do you think most people work out? Well, they work out because they want hot bodies, but I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, you, you it really because it, it makes it feel better. Too. Well, you've really nailed both of them, right? There, yeah. there are two main reasons why yeah. we work out: we want to look good and we yeah. want to feel good, right? Right. Right. So, uh, speaking generally, uh, more exercise for the most part translates to both of those things. It seems like it's not rocket science, right? Right. Right. Uh, despite what you believe, though, it kind of is. It is rocket science? Well, I don't know if it's rocket science, but there's science involved in it. Oh, well, there is, yes. <laughs> Between Instagram and fitness bloggers and self-styled gurus, there's tons and tons of information out there, right? Oh, yeah. And it might shock you, Jeff. This might be a surprise to you, but not all of that information is right. You know, that's not true because it said on the internet that Abraham Lincoln said that everything <laughs> you see on the internet is true. <laughs> and the internet said that, so it is true. That's right. Well, today I want to talk about a few pieces of workout advice that are not necessarily true oh, okay. and might be considered myths by some. Or urban legends. At least according to the website Best Life. Okay. Okay, you ready? I am. Myth number one. More cardio means more weight loss. Hmm. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, there is a certain logic to that, though, right? Well, you think so, It but seems yeah. like it makes sense. But spending hours on the treadmill isn't necessarily a magic ticket for melting fat. If you look at the numbers, based on a study at the Mayo Clinic, they say that about 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. So to burn that fat, you'll need to burn 3,500 calories. Right. right? That's the math, Right. right. According to research at Syracuse University, you'll burn a little more than 100 calories from a mile of running. Okay. So, in other words, to burn one pound of fat, you'll have to run 35 miles, which is pretty hard for most of us. Not going to happen for me. Yeah, at least not in one sitting, right? Right. <laughs> so, to bring about serious weight loss, you'll want to adopt and maintain a healthy diet and start taking up activities that trigger exercise post-oxygen consumption, which is commonly called afterburn. Right. So that means that uh, your body is burning calories after you stopped working out. And high-intensity interval training will help you trigger afterburn. We've talked before right, about the have. benefits of HIIT workouts or high-intensity mm-hmm. interval trainings. That they're actually uh, Those ty- style of workouts are actually anti-aging workouts at the cellular level as well. So there's oh. lots of benefits to a HIIT workout. So it keeps your cells from getting old? It, it actually helps to... To uh, keep your cells from getting old. Or regenerating. No, it actually works at the cellular level to make your your cells healthier. So a lot uh, going on with the HIIT workout. I'm going to move on to myth number two. You can turn fat into muscle and muscle can turn into fat. That's not true. No, you can lose muscle. You can gain fat. Exactly. You can burn fat. You can build muscle. But here's the deal. Fat and muscle are two different types of tissue. No matter what you do, 
you can't turn fat into muscle. Well, just just look at the the steak you've eaten. The, yeah, you exactly. The right, two different things, right? right? So thankfully, the equation goes both ways. Muscles don't deteriorate into fat either. You can lose muscle mass and you can gain fat. That's yeah. true, but one does not turn into the other. Nope. So that's a myth. Number that three, myth. you can crunch your way to abs. No, you can. You have a very strong set of abs under core. a layer of fat. Right, right, right. So crunches, sit-ups, and other ab exercises are great for building your core muscles. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Like, oh, it is. Don't, it don't is. underestimate. That's important. If done frequently and properly enough, you can tone your abs into sheets of muscle. But it's going to take diet to mm-hmm. help those uh, uh, sheets of muscle come up to the top. So the saying, abs aren't made in the gym, they're made in the kitchen, that does ring true. Yes, it does. So or, or, at least, that, or at least they're given oh, that warm blanket in the kitchen. That's right. That's right. So speaking of that, the concept of spot training is also a myth. That Spot training is the idea that you can burn fat cells from a specific area on yep. your body. In yep. other words, if you do a ton of leg lifts, you'll burn all that fat off your lower abdomen. Mm. But uh, that is not true. You can't spot train. Uh, there has never been a single reputable study that has endorsed the idea that spot training actually works. The scientific consensus is that when you burn fat, you burn it all over your body. And that's not a bad thing. No, no. You know, so when you do those leg lifts, you're getting benefits from them. Yep. Uh, it's just that it doesn't burn only fat cells on your stomach. No, but it makes for a great fodder for sitcoms when they yes, it does. do spot exercises. Yes, it does. Uh, myth number five is lifting doesn't help with weight loss. When it comes to weight loss, many people head straight to the treadmill and there's benefits on the treadmill too, sure. don't get me wrong. But if serious calorie burn is your goal, don't forget the weight room. For every pound True. of muscle that exists on your frame, you'll burn six calories per hour. And that adds up. That does. So get those muscles strong as well. Here's the last one. And Jeff, I included right. this one for you just and for I. Me. Okay. Oh, Not just for you. It's for both stretching. of us. It's about stretching. <laughs> How did Refle- you know? Flexibility because we, we both have no, non-flexible bodies. We are not very flexible. It is true. So listen. Loosen your muscles up, the thinking goes, and you'll be nice and limber for your workout, and thus you will minimize the chance of muscle tears or pulls. That's the myth, right? Myth, okay. Or that, at least that's the conventional wisdom. Right. There seems to be some logic to it. But uh-huh. according to researchers at the CDC, stretching doesn't prevent injury at all. Instead, to truly stay safe, you'll want to find a way to increase blood flow to your muscles, which prepares them for the impending exercise. About 10 minutes of light cardio should do the trick. And uh, then stretching, uh, listen, listen, again, I want to say stretching is good for you. But it's not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary to prevent injuries. Right. But I think it's still, at some level, it's still necessary. Well, if you ever drop something on the phone, you want to pick it up, you need to be at least a little You need bit to limber. be able to bend down to pick it up, yeah. right? There are benefits to being flexible. There are benefits to being limber. Oh, sure. But the studies show that it doesn't really prevent injuries, which a lot of, you know, uh, Sports coaches, especially high school coaches, mm-hmm. are like, you got to stretch so you don't get hurt. Uh, stretching is good for you. Oh, yeah. It's good for you. It, it, it allows you to perform better in, in many right. athletic right. endeavors, but it doesn't prevent injuries. Okay. Well, that's good. So there you go. Time so, delay so, those. So we've probably hit every single exercise myth that there is or every kind of myth Well, there. not everyone, but there, but at least some of them. Okay. At least some of them. I was just trying to give you Johnny Carson kind of lead in, but. <laughs> well, it is. It is time to lay those specific myths. Well, we're glad that we can put those to bed. All right. Today's guest is a regular on the show. Karen Schleider is a graduate of California State University, Fullerton. And Jeff, she has a ton of certifications. Yes, she does. Not the least of which she is a fallproof master instructor. She's a personal trainer, a medical 
exercise specialist, an orthopedic specialist, a health coach, coach, excuse me, and the list just goes on and on. Karen, welcome back to The Active Life, and thanks for being with us today. Wonderful to be with you today. So tell me what you think about those myths we just talked about. Boy, you Do, hit on the ones are, that are those we myths hear, that you hear all the time? every single day from clients. Uh, they keep being perpetuated, even though there's a lot of great information out there that is dispelling those myths. But yeah, they're the top ones. And the last one you talked about with stretching. The flexibility and the stretching. And, and when we look especially at our midlife and older adult population, flexibility is key. Not oh, so much, huge. as you said, not so much for reducing injury the risk for injury. But as we age, we are going to stiffen up. And as we stiffen up, it affects our balance. It affects our ability to go up and down stairs, to reach up to get something out of the cabinet. So it's very critical that we maintain good flexibility for, it, for yeah, just daily functional Absolutely. Activity. I mean, even just for me, um, you know, as, as I've gotten older and, and, you know, I know I've still got a ways to go. I hope. I hope. He's, he's young, folks. He's not old. But he's like, young. I've noticed that I can't like turn around in my car to see who's behind me as well as I used to be able to. Like yes. just, just simple little things like that. So stretching is important. You know, it's ironic. I was watching a movie the other day and the, the driver in the car turned completely around in the driver's seat. Really? He was behind me. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do that next. I'm in the car. And I you could, couldn't. I said, I'm glad we're got mirrors because I can't turn around that far. I always remind my clients when we're doing stretching at the end of our workouts yeah. and we do stretches that work on trunk mobility you need to maintain this so you can keep looking over your shoulder to make sure that the people that aren't looking over their shoulder are not in your way. Yeah, absolutely. So it is important. I want to emphasize that. It's important. It and Jeff, is. you yes. and I probably need to get on that bandwagon. However, we're, we're not there. No, well, one, I, do, I do stretch and, every day, but oh, it, doesn't, you do stretches? it doesn't seem to make any difference. It doesn't help. Okay. No. Keep at it because you're, you're keeping it from further. I'm maintaining. Yes. I'm maintaining. Yes. maintaining. You there keep you it go. from diminishing further. There you go. Well, Karen, today we wanted to talk a little bit about brain health, and with that intro of uh, exercise myths, are there any brain myths out there that you want to dispel right now? Well, there's lots of them. I think for those of us in the baby boomer population, uh, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and the what was thought of as a truth at the time we now know as a myth is the you're born with a fixed number of brain cells and our mothers held that over our head with don't do that activity because you're going to kill, kill off brain, brain cells, cells. <laughs> and the more brain cells you kill the more trouble you're going to be in later yeah. in life my mom lied to me <laughs> i i think a lot of our parents did over that <laughs> not one intentionally at least. mom not intentionally. Well, so there you go if it's yeah. not intentional is it a lie or was it just being misinformed, misinformed. misinformed. yeah it, it was mom misinformed me yeah using the current science of the day right so the current science that we know of today is that is a myth and in fact throughout our lifespan we can grow new neurons or no, new brain cells and there's much we can do uh, to help facilitate that and help maintain brain health late into life. Awesome. Well, that's good news for yes, all of us. It is. It's wonderful news. <laughs> yes. So uh, so with that being the leap off point, let's talk a little bit about brain health and how do we maintain a healthy brain throughout uh, our lifetimes? Yeah. So I, I think certainly for our athletes, they have an advantage over non-athletes because okay. they're hitting on one of the key areas to help maintain brain health, which is physical activity. 
unfortunately, there's no pill out there yet or shot oh, or wand. Ma- magic They're... wand or magic. Darn, two, yeah. two down. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, sorry to spoil the day on that. Um, but there really are no good, what we would call post-clinical interventions to help uh, maintain brain health once there's been a diagnosis of dementia or uh, another brain impairment. So the best that we can do is get it on the the front end and make sure that we're doing everything we can through lifestyle behaviors as early as possible in life. So those of you that have children or grandchildren, the more we can influence behaviors early in life to help maintain brain health late in life, the better we're going to be. That is awesome. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Karen Schleider about brain health and uh, the importance of getting in front of that and uh, trying to uh, create a a lifestyle, I guess, that that allows you to maintain brain health. You know, so often, uh, at least in, in the past, we've talked so much about heart health and uh, now we're starting to learn a lot more about the importance of, and, and so, like you said, some of the interventions that we can do to have good brain health. The thing that I really like that uh, I've learned in doing this show is that the two are very connected. So Absolutely. the things that you do when you think, oh, I'm going to work out because it helps my heart, I'm going to run on the treadmill or hit that mile or whatever it is that does help your heart, it also helps your brain. Right. And that's important. Yeah. And there, there's a great saying, which is what's good for the heart is good for the brain. Or conversely, what's bad for the heart is bad for the brain. Right. It goes both ways. It goes right? both ways. <laughs> and and the, the nice thing about uh, that linkage is it makes it easier when you think about what do I need to be doing to maintain my brain health. Those same things are what maintain heart health. So when we look at what are the different factors that we can do to help maintain our brain health, it's often referred to as a multi-domain or multi-dimensional. So you want to look at fitness, nutrition. Are you staying connected in a social way where you've got good social resources? Are you managing your sleep? Are you managing your stress levels? Um, So we, we focus on all of those different dimensions of wellness, and those are the same ones that we use for overall physical health, our yeah. heart health, right. our gut health, and it applies to our brain health. Just like that old song, the knee bones connected to the thigh bone. It's all connected, right? <laughs> and it goes up it's to the brain connected. <laughs> and down, down from the brain to the toes. So I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'd like to focus on maybe two or three of those areas that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the physical activity uh, and then also the social connection. Mm-hmm. So let's start with physical activity. Right. Um, I mean, it, Obviously, physical activity requires some physical activity, but what kinds of things do you recommend that will contribute to overall better health, which in turn helps your brain? So there's a great deal of research that's been going on in the last couple of decades around brain health, a lot of focus on the physical activity component because people want to know, well, is there a specific physical activity that I should be doing for good brain health? So we know from the research that aerobic activity absolutely has benefit on brain health. From an aerobic activity standpoint, there's what's referred to as a dose-response relationship, which means the more you do, the more benefit, up, up to a point. Of course, you can always overdo everything. Sure, sure. Uh, but the, the greater the volume or time that you're spending on the activities that you're doing, 
aerobic activities and the higher the intensity. So you mentioned HIT um, mm-hmm. in, in the startup. And HIT certainly is a way you can introduce higher intensity into your aerobic workout in a shorter duration of time. So we know that what happens when you're doing aerobic activity from a brain health standpoint is indirectly you get the cardiovascular benefits. So yeah. that's that. What's good for the heart is good for the brain element. Directly for the brain, what aerobic activity does is it helps to increase the volume of our brain, so the size of our brain. It helps to stimulate the production of proteins and compounds in our brain that are growth compounds that generate the growth of new neurons. Wow. So that goes to the myth that we have as children of what all we have is what we have. And when it's gone, it's gone. So you just said that we can actually increase the size of our brains. We can increase the size of our brains. Pretty amazing. I mean, that, I mean, I I, I can see cells being replaced, but actually increase the size. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. Isn't it? Yes. And, and generally what happens in the normal aging process is that the volume or the size of the brain diminishes. So by doing lifestyle behaviors that generate good brain health and promoting that growth or the maintenance of the brain is you're slowing that normal aging process that would cause a reduction in overall brain size. Wow. I love it. I love it. So you're talking aerobic exercise. Is there any one aerobic exercise that seems to be better? Is it running? Is it cycling? Is it swimming? Or is it a combination? Or is it just your personal preference? The good news is it's personal preference. So it's get out there and do what you love to do that will elevate your heart rate. So it doesn't even have to be fixed periods of time that you would say, this is exercise. If you love gardening, get out and garden. Or if you like to hike or go play in the yard with grandkids or kids, um, anything that's going to help elevate the heart rate. If you love house cleaning, do lots of house cleaning or <laughs> organize the garage. So, so we're, talking some fa- we're talking some fantasy now too, huh? <laughs> exactly. So um, so many of us nowadays have access to just amazing technology that has never been available before in the history of the world. Um, but many of us are wearing a smartwatch or some kind of a, a, a device that can tell us what our heart rate is at any mm-hmm. given time during the day. Is there a target heart rate that we should be shooting for? It's really getting into moderate intensity. So the target heart rate is going to vary from individual based okay. on their age and their fitness level. Um, we usually suggest that clients use what's called the talk test. And, and you've probably referred to that many yeah. times on the show. So the talk test is if you're getting into a moderate intensity, it's getting harder to carry on a conversation, but you're not working at such an intensity level that you're not mm. able to talk any longer. So you don't have to get yourself to that point where you feel so winded that you can't continue. You want to just get the heart rate elevated and that's going to give you that benefit of the moderate intensity heart rate or moderate intensity exercise activity for the body. Awesome. And then is there a a time frame that you're shooting for? Do you want to have that heart elevated for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, three hours? What what are we shooting for there? So the research right now uh, is generally showing at least 30 minutes a day uh, for most days of the week. And that's very consistent with what we hear for For heart heart health. health. So again, it goes to what's good for the heart is good for the brain. Um, We also know that strength training has 
very good benefit for brain health too. Um, as I mentioned, we when we get the aerobic benefit for the brain of those growth compounds or those growth proteins in the brain to stimulate new, new neurons, we see that same benefit with strength training. And some of the research is showing as little as, as one day a week of strength training can produce some of that benefit. Wow. Two days a week is... Is even uh, better. Um, yep. You're going to get a better result with it with two. But it's nice to know that even one day a week, which for some athletes where they're maybe spending a lot of training that's on the aerobic side of training, it can sometimes be hard to fit in strength training work. So if you know that you can get at least get one day benefits. a week in there, you're yeah. going to get some of those same brain health benefits. That's great. I was going to mention that I just recently read an article specifically on that, that they've, that they've you know, conducted this research and this study and found that strength training does benefit your brain as well. And um, I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's interesting to me and fascinating to me how, again, how everything just really connects together. You know, it all just comes together and the things that you think are good for one area of your body and that might be why you've been doing it, your heart, for example, actually benefits everything. It benefits your brain, it benefits your joints, it benefits your muscles. There's just so much connection there. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's encouraging. It is. Because it's you don't have exciting. to do this thing for your heart and then something entirely different for your brain and something entirely different for something else. It's just that active, healthy lifestyle has so many long-reaching, you know, holistic benefits. Right. I was going to say very much a holistic approach. So uh, we're, we're running a little short on time, but I want to get into that social aspect and how important that can be. I've also read several studies on that. So when it comes to brain health, the interactions and the relationships that you have with people are in some ways just as important as that, that mile that you ran this morning, right? The social connection is a very strong component for a variety of reasons. It helps reduce the risk for depression, which we see the incidence of depression does tend to increase um, in the older adult population. And so maintaining that social connectedness is so important. It keeps you mentally engaged and stimulated. Often the social connection helps give you a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And we know that having a good sense of purpose is also another element that helps maintain good brain health. Well, and, and again, just overall better health, right? Yes. Uh, if you can avoid depression, there's so many additional health benefits to that as well. And uh, just interacting and socializing and being engaged in your community is is what does that um according to the study that i read you know the the one on one those really strong family uh type deep long lasting friendship relationships those are really important but even just saying hi to someone in the grocery store and uh waving to your mailman from across the street those types of interactions as well are so healthy and so good for for your brain and for overall brain health and they're a strong component of the brain health aspect of it, yeah. too. So volunteering is a way that you can have that sense of purpose in life, but also have connectedness with people and, and feeling like you're, you've got a sense of purpose and giving back to the community. Now, just quickly, awesome. does social media count in that social the, – does that, does that meet the needs or is that – on the outside of it. it, it is a component of meeting those needs. It should not be the only vehicle. Okay, that's um, what so we're it's, it's having some face to face that's an important aspect of it, or even picking up the phone and making a phone a call. A phone call. Well, Karen, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise with us. I, I know My I've pleasure. learned some things today. So, Jeff, 
Yes, sir. It happened. It did. Registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games opened last night at the stroke of midnight. And people were waiting in line to sign up. They were. They were. But registration is now open. You can go to SeniorGames.net right now. SeniorGames.net. And you can register for your choice of 30 different sports. And I'm going to tell you, over the past several years, we've seen the number of sports that reach their participation cap growing. We are. So don't delay. In fact... We have over 310 athletes that have already registered between midnight and right now. So people are definitely registering. The 2018 dates for the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. So you've got plenty of time to get prepared. So go online right now, SeniorGames.net, and register today. That's right. Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can even find us in your Stitcher app as well. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, hit subscribe, and you will never, Jeff, never miss an episode. Our inspirational thought for the day, success doesn't just come and find you. You have to go out and get it. That's right. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 